up the slot. Miller lost it. Dodonov gets it. Two on one with Stone on the right. Stone to Dodonov. He scores. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Maybe a two on one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, Wallace Millard, Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the weekend split for the Vegas Golden Knights, now on the road for four as they embark on a trip through Boston, Jersey, Rangers and the New York Islanders, one of the coolest road trips of the year, and I'll give you some stats about that in just a little bit. But uh, I need I need Ryan Wallace to remind me because sometimes I intend to follow up on things and then I totally forget about things, uh, because we get into uh, other conversations. But uh, the Golden Knights uh, back into a top three position in the Pacific Division, and that climb up that we talked about with the nine games in the final 16 days leading up to Christmas is fully underway. Uh, this being Monday, however, the first segment belongs to you. 702-876-1340. 702-876-1340. What do you have on your chest? As we have completed the first third of the season, so it can be about... The weekend, the Flyers game, last night's game, the three and one homestand, or it can be about completing the first third of the season. And are you happy with where the Vegas Golden Knights are being in a top three spot? The injuries are one thing. The performance of Pacioretty and company is another thing. There's there's a lot to chew on today. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the the Golden Knights are are in a spot right now where um Given the totality of how the season started and all the injuries and adversity that was faced, uh, I think the Vegas Golden Knights have done a really good job navigating through the early part of this season and putting themselves in a position to have a a great back two-thirds. And, you know, for a team that, you know, at times were far out of the playoff picture to be in a wild card spot but tied with the Edmonton Oilers in points, um, that's huge and not far off from Anaheim or Calgary. Like the, the ground that the Golden Knights have made up over the last three weeks, four weeks has been a lot. And it's only going to get better as the team continues to play the way that they have at five on five. Callers waiting. Let's start it off with Steven. How are you? I'm very good this morning. And I'm surprised I managed to beat Mike to the punch, given that I'm on like a one minute delay uh, listening through the website. So that's, um, that's oddly concerning. Is Mike okay? Hey, it's okay. Um, I, I've got I've got uh, a little bit of a story on that that I will I will save for after your call. Oh, fair enough. Um, so, you know, at the start of the season, it was one and four. Everyone was panicking. I'm like, no, no, no. Stay positive. Going to work out. Now look at it. 16 and 11. Over 500. Third place in the division. Five points off the Ducks at the top. And I... I seriously don't think the Ducks can keep this up. So second place in the division because I think they're going to fall off. You know, a couple of scrappy games in there recently, but 
You get the two points. That's exactly what matters. But that's not what I was calling to talk about today. So last week, there was, you guys were all talking about all the general managers and everything and how there's so many positions open. Yeah. I was like, well, what makes a good general manager? You need someone who knows hockey. You need someone who's likable, who can do the job, who's, in, uh, as I said, incredibly knowledgeable, who know, who has a lot of contacts in and around the NHL already, can get anyone to do anything on a dime, on a whim, is honest. Are you talking is, about me, Stephen? What was that, Tark? Are you talking about me? Because you've so far you've just described me. <laughs> Thanks for ruining the punchline, Darren. Sorry. I was going to say, when are we getting oh. Darren Malata's job as a general manager? Oh, but, we're on the same know. page. We're on the totally same page. Um, I, I can say this, Stephen. Impatient I, I, to a fault. Impatient to a fault. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I would love to be a manager, but I, I don't have, and I fully admit this, I don't have the the eye to scout, and and I've sat with scouts and 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 different managers over the years just to get to see what they're looking at. And I love picking scouts' brains uh, about this. I just don't see what they see, uh, I, and I couldn't could never project what they see. And the the one thing that that Ryan Wallace just brought up, I don't have the patience uh, to forecast yeah. to, to to wait for a player uh, to develop into that. I want to see it uh, right now. But that's uh, thanks thanks for the props because um, it, it would be a dream job. I think I'd rather coach. I'd, I'd be one of those people. I've uh, ha- having been around coaches a little bit more often. I think I think there's more immediacy to it. Uh, I think that's a more a job more suited for me. So Pete, if you're ever looking for an assistant, pal, I'm your hockeyberry. Okay, I have I have a better idea. Okay, real quick, and I think Ryan will like this one. Ryan, mm-hmm. do you think we should make Darren a Dwight and make him assistant to the general manager? Ooh, all one hundred percent. 100%. If there was a, a, a position custom made for Darren Millard, it would be assistant to the general manager, for sure. Uh, that would be the best way uh, to ruin Kelly McCrimmon's day. That I can <laughs> pretty much guarantee. Uh, thanks for the call, and here's the story, uh, Stephen. The calls came in almost at the same time, and let's slide over to caller number two. Uh, Mike, uh, Mike, you're on the uh, VGK Insider Show. Uh, Mike, I think you were really first in today. down under? Is that what we're talking no, about here? No, no. I think I think you were first in. We just had a couple of phone issues. So uh, while Stephen was the first caller on the air, Mike was actually the first one through. So I want to make sure that we acknowledge that Mike is uh, really the leadoff guy and just got bumped back through some technical difficulties. How are you, Mike? I, I feel like Ricky Henderson being put down into the two position. Yes. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And I, but and, I'm okay. I'm okay. I wanted to go one a step further with Stephen because I want to talk about two things coming up in February. One is the Olympics, which we'll talk about in a minute. The other one is the trade deadline, uh, which rumors are flying everywhere that Brassois is going to be traded and that goaltender who played on Friday in practice is going to be promoted to backup. <laughs> Any truth to that? Uh, there's uh, there's uh, no truth to that. That I can guarantee uh, for sure that there's no okay. truth to that. It was, we uh, enjoyed it. Well, I it was a fun you, experience. We really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, uh, it, was, it was great. Were you there? Were you at the rink that day? Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't watch the actual practice. 
I was just watching the goaltender. <laughs> uh, I, I have a good solid 25 minutes, and then I kind of run out of steam. But it no, went, but you, it was you hashed it out enough, and you guys have kidded each other enough, so we won't even go there. But it was fun. And congratulations at your age for being able to suit up. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. That's what, half the compliments deal with my age. Uh, that That's where I am in, in, in my life right now. But uh, uh, the coolest part about it, one of the coolest things about it, is being able to to speak as a, as a as a guy who likes the position, uh, being able to speak to Robin and and Laurent uh, just just about the position as sort of inside the ropes a little bit. So that's uh, that's one of the fun things. So what do you think of the weekend, and where are you with the the Golden Knights uh, third of the way through the season? Well, uh, very, uh, first of all, Gordy Howe played till he's fifty, so mm. hold on to that each time you take the ice. Uh, now, as far as the Golden Knights go. Uh, there are, uh, well, there are warning signs because the very thing I just mentioned, goaltending is not at its best right now. I assume it will get better. I hope it will get better. I'm not exactly on board with the way that and the penalty kill has gone. And I guess everybody would echo those same sentiments. And then I, I, I suppose as we get closer to February and, and the Olympics and the trade deadline, I just can't imagine our guys breaking up into pieces and going to the Olympics, even though it's a prideful thing. And I know there's been much discussion about it. I think it would hurt the team, don't you? What's your concern about the Olympics? And uh, remember, this first segment is all yours, 702-876-1340. Have a question or comment like Mike, uh, give us a call. What's your hesitation towards the Olympics? Well, the hesitation is very much the same as it's been for the last two years. You don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what the health situation oh, so will be COVID. like. Okay. You don't know if you can return from China on time. That's pretty serious. Yeah. The Athletes Handbook, I believe, comes out tomorrow uh, or is supposed to uh, come out tomorrow. Uh, the negotiations and the discussions with the IOC, the NHLPA, the National Hockey League uh, are ongoing and trying to rule uh, definitively on what uh, a positive test uh, will force an athlete or support personnel or a coach uh, into uh, as far as quarantining and uh, and what the uh, what the I don't know, uh, arm of the Chinese uh, medical uh, procedure will will include in that. So uh, if it's five weeks, you're going to see players pull out. A- absolutely. Uh, you're you're going to see some, some tough decisions be made. But I still believe a majority of the athletes will go from a National Hockey League angle. Okay. I kind of hope our guys don't, but that's just a personal opinion. And if the NHL says no to the Olympics – Will they still hold hockey in the Olympics with amateurs? They will. Ryan? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I get where Mike's coming from just in terms of, of what that possible quarantine might have to look like if a player tests positive at the Olympics. And, and if you're talking about some somewhere in the ballpark of, and we've seen this kind of floated out, five weeks, just imagine how much time that is that you're missing games for your home club. Like, I, I'm with you, Darren. I think that there will be some players in that situation through that lens uh, that will that will not go, that will opt out. Um, but at the same time, I think Gary Bettman's made it very clear, like this is going to come down to, to a player's decision. If the players 
uh, make the decision ultimately not to go, then that's that's kind of the direction it will go. But it, you know how much the players wanted this opportunity to play in the Olympics. Um, I could see, you know, once you, you get a firm grasp of what the rules are and what the quarantine guidelines are going to be, um, I think that's going to give us a really good indication in the, in the coming weeks of, of where this is all heading. Uh, we'll uh, double back on the Olympics later in the show, but uh, back to the phone lines because this is your segment. Stephanie, you're on the VGK Insider Show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Good. So first off, I want to say thank you, Darren, specifically, because uh, I won the tickets and got to take my daughter uh, to the Flyers game. Nice. Um, and she got, yeah, she got Marshy tossed her a pot, uh, down the glass for warm-ups, and she had an absolute blast. Um, and just looking at the whole homestand as, as a whole, uh, I'm, even though I went to the one game we lost, I'm still pretty happy with it because in the end, we got outscored once by one goal. And I, I don't, like, <laughs> I, I still don't understand quite how so many people are, like, ready to, like, just throw everything overboard and, you know, panic because, yeah, special teams might not have looked good a couple times, but in the end, the end result is all that matters. That's the bottom line. And seeing yesterday's game, the improvement and getting – and it wasn't – I don't even want to say improvement. I want to just say getting back to normal, right, because our PK has been really strong and it slipped up for a few games, and that's going to happen to just about any team. Like, you can't be perfect and on it all the time, no matter how much you want to be. Yeah, this weekend was a sign that everybody's uh, turned the page on the injuries, and and they're right back to uh, expecting uh, the Golden Knights, which is what the fans should do with a lineup like this to win almost every night. And and the the disappointment from the Flyers game uh, showed that uh, that the uh, patience that we all were involved in through the first seven weeks of the season has shifted over to it's giddy up and go time, right? Yeah, I think you're right, and um, you know, I, it's always interesting because you go through a couple of games like the Golden Knights did against Dallas and Philadelphia, where your special teams are just taking momentum away. They they are actively participating in you trailing a game or chasing a game when everything else about what you're doing is really really solid. Uh, it becomes frustrating for sure, but you know, then you kind of couple that with what the Golden Knights have been able to do on this four-game homestand. You go 3-1, and one, uh, you win a game against Dallas that shouldn't have been as difficult as it was, but that's special teams uh, really taking momentum away. And then you, you win a game against Minnesota where uh, the, the difference is your special teams. It is your penalty kill. It is your power play, kind of making amends for the, the two games prior. Like, everything's going to go through ebbs and flows. The the power play is going to be hot, and then it's going to be cold. The penalty kill, it's going to have some rough stretches when you're going up against top five power play units in the league. It, it's going to happen. But I think what the Golden Knights were able to do over this four games is prove that even if there's an aspect of their game that isn't going the right direction, if their bedrock five-on-five play is strong, they're going to be in most games most nights, and they're going to have a better-than-average chance of winning them. I think this was a big week for, for kind of getting back to this Golden Knights team is expected to win most nights, and if they play to their capabilities, they will. Don't you call it caliche instead of bedrock when you're talking about it in this area of the country? Yeah. I mean, sure, you could, but yeah. I think a lot of people understand bedrock a little bit I know, easier. I'm just trying to fit in here, man. 
I'm trying to be a local. You don't have. Uh, to, that's what I'm doing. You, you, uh, Lathan, you got to stop doing that. <laughs> Welcome to the VGK, VGK Insider Show. Uh, Lathan, is that? Uh... Yep. Hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, how you doing? It's definitely Kalichi, by the way. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> pal. See that? Yeah, yeah. Ryan? I work in construction, and that's definitely what we call it over here. Yeah, see, see how quiet Ryan is now? <laughs> okay. How you guys doing? That's <laughs> awesome. Good, buddy. <laughs> First and foremost, it's always nice to have a nice victory Monday after a nice VGK win. Um, how big do you guys think it is for our big-name top liners to start getting more involved in the goal scoring I think it's critical. They they are the ones that, that drive the bus. And uh, I wouldn't say more involved because Riley Smith had a significant run. Jonathan Marcheseau had a massive run this year. Well, the uh, the big two wingers were, were out of the lineup. Uh, Chandler Stevenson led the team in points through the first third of the of the season. So I think that's uh, that's been a major storyline. So it's been there. But the emergence of what? Patchetti and Stone have done our, our game changer. Look, yesterday's game was won in part by special teams, which is a is a great sign for the Vegas Golden Knights. So the five on three kill and then then killing off uh, uh, the penalties after the initial power play goal uh, by the Minnesota Wild, and then the power play getting going. But but those two in particular, uh, firing it up, uh, th- that's a game. Well, they were out of the lineup. You don't have that explosive op- offense. Uh, you have to work so much harder for goals. They can, they can make it happen. And then um, what do you think is a realistic record for our next few games before Christmas? And what do you think is a record that we need to get to continue our playoff push? Ryan? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at the the next couple of games for the Golden Knights. I look at the four-game road trip coming up, and for me – it's six six to seven points. Like That's what I am kind of going into this expecting from the Golden Knights. Um, I don't know that you need to get three out of the four wins, but you know some, some overtime points here and there. But I think I look at Boston, winnable game. I look at New Jersey, should beat New Jersey. The Rangers, that's going to be a tough, tough game. But again, it, it's winnable. And the same thing for the Islanders. Like I, I don't think that there's any game on this road trip uh, that isn't going to be a, a situation where I, I don't look at the Golden Knights and say, I expect this team to beat that team. So you've got you know Boston, New Jersey, New York, New York. I want at least six points, pushing seven, even eight. And then you've got Tampa and L.A. It's going to be important, I think, for the Golden Knights uh, to, to really come through and dominate that L.A. game. Based on that first meeting between the Golden Knights and the Kings, I think the Golden Knights are going to get up for that game for sure, and you always get up for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I want six or seven on the, on the road trip, and then I want at least two out of Tampa, L.A. I would, I would look for three or four. Like, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at with the Golden Knights right now. That's where my expectations are. They should win most nights. My Kalichi buddy, uh, Latham, where are you? What do you think? Yeah, I was actually going to say about the same, probably about six points is what I'm expecting and hoping for. I think that would be a good uh, road stretch for us. The, the nine games in 16 days leading up to the holidays started with the Dallas game. That, that was the crunch schedule because you were coming off two days uh, uh, away from the uh, game action, and then you went into the heart of it. Uh, you beat Dallas, you lose to Philly, and you come out of the game against Minnesota with, with two points. So you're 2-1. and one. 
through the first three games of that nine-game uh, stretch. That's a great vaulting point to go into this four-game road trip. Uh, Jersey and the Islanders are games that you would hope to win. Boston, mm, and then the New York Rangers playing uh, out of their minds right now. Tampa and L.A. are going to be really difficult before Christmas. They're at home, and, and Vegas is going good uh, at home, having won eight of the last ten. But uh, I would say the opportunity to really do some damage on this nine games in 16-day stretch leading up to Christmas will be on this four-game road trip in what's in store with Boston, Jersey, the Rangers, and the New York Islanders. Awesome. Always nice to talk to you guys. Happy Monday. You too. Happy construction. Uh, Lathan on this with us on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Uh, that's a little bit of a geology lesson, too, uh, with with Darren Millard and, and Ryan Wallace. <laughs> I didn't know you were so into uh, geology. I Hold am. I'm, I'm huge. I, I, yeah. I, uh, hey, look at me. I'm a rock, man. What's your favorite type of rock? Uh, hard. Hard ones. And flat ones. Okay. I like because they can skip better. I like the ones that you can skip. I'm surprised you didn't say. I'm surprised you didn't say stone. No. Oh yeah, that that's that's true. That would. Uh, but that's that's just more yeah. of a rock. So I I try and go a little bit more in depth than that. Like the flat one where you where you can skip it. Yeah. Um, a skipping stone. Boston, Jersey, <laughs> Rangers, and Islanders. Here's some fun facts from the road trip. Mm-hmm. Starts tomorrow. The and wraps up on on Sunday. The Golden Knights mm-hmm. will play more games on this road trip than they will take flights. That doesn't happen all the time. They flew to Boston today. They will fly to New York after the game tomorrow night, and they'll fly home. Mm-hmm. But they they will stay in Manhattan for the three games against New Jersey, New York, and the New York Islanders. So that's uh, that's a little different. They will only stay in two hotels, despite playing in four, playing four games on this road trip. That doesn't happen. So th- those two little things are fun facts, but they're also why I think even though it's four games in six nights, it's a good solid. It gives you a, a, a bit of a leg up, uh, or makes the the ground a little more even for the Golden Knights in that stretch. Because of less travel and less moving around and and less disruption from your from your road trip, so uh, then you then you add into it the possibility of, of of Boston. They're kind of a funny team right now, really. We we all know what they can do, but uh, with with the perfection line. But they're they're a different team. They've got two goaltenders that are basically playing the exact same, uh, playing pretty well, but the exact same. Uh, but it's not the the high flying Bruins, but they're staying in it. Jersey is a winnable game. Uh, the Rangers will be. There's a lot of pride on the line for that one, and then the New York Islanders uh, with an afternoon game uh, before they come home. Uh, Islanders did win, by the way, at UBS Bummer. Arena. I have to call it UBS now mm. because they finally won a game. Uh, and to 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 wrap it up, uh, three out of four. On a four-game, six-night road trip, I'm hesitant to say that that's expected. But given where they are health-wise, given the resolve that we witnessed uh, out of this team, both against Dallas uh, and 
Minnesota yesterday and beating two division leaders in the last week, uh, I'm closer to to that four uh, to that six point margin out of eight points uh, than than I normally would uh, because I, I think that they're they're hitting their stride. Uh, goaltending defensively, yeah, there's things to, to to work out there, but they didn't give up a lot yesterday. In in all no. uh, the whole perspective of of looking at yesterday's game, uh, there were the odd man rushes that were there against Edmonton. No, no, they were pretty good. Kaprizov had some chances yesterday, but not not uh, wild uh, uh, opportunities to get loose and, and free. I was I was impressed. The four goals against didn't do the defensive performance justice yesterday. A couple of weird bounces. Weird bounces should still be stopped and, and are, will be tried to be stopped, but I will just put it out there. A couple of weird bounces. And then that fluky goal uh, off Robin Leonard's glove. That could have been one of those 5-2, 5-1 games, uh, I think, with without much trouble. It certainly looked more like it. And the weird part is Friday's game, where they outshot Philadelphia wildly and and had the 44 shots on goal, uh, I didn't think that was a great game uh, by Vegas. I thought it was sloppy, choppy, and and uh, just out of sorts uh, at times. I I thought the box score uh, misrepresented what that game was like. And yesterday, uh, same way. So to just. I guess it's important to be able to to have your eyes on the game as much as uh, as just being able to read the the line scores. Yeah, you know, hockey's an interesting game in that way, right? Like you, you look at you know the Golden Knights against Dallas were really really strong. Like that was one of their one of their really strong games coming off of Calgary, and it was only really close because of uh, the special teams for the Golden Knights and, and the special teams for the Dallas Stars and, and scoring a bunch of power play goals. Like That is what made the Dallas game close. Philadelphia was interesting because you could sense in that game Philadelphia gaining confidence, right? Like They get the first goal of the game. Uh, they're holding their own. I still thought their you know, goalie the was Knights out of his mind. Were, yeah, and their, their goalie was fantastic. Like Carter Hart had a really, really strong game for the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, uh, all that being said, you, you look at the Minnesota game for me, and I, I wanted to see the Golden Knights special teams come through in a big way, and both sides of the equation did. You get a five-on-three kill, and, and you've essentially given up six uh, six power play goals over the last three games, and you get you you're tasked with a five on three, and you know the talent that the Minnesota Wild have on the ice. Like that was a big test for the Golden Knights penalty kill, and they passed, and then they passed again with a penalty to Zach Whitecloud, and then you you get two power play goals. You go fifty percent on the power play. It's not to say that the power play is fixed or whatever you want to say about it. It's just simply the power play helped win you a game. And for the Golden Knights, who have been looking for that type of contribution from their power play, I say you celebrate it when you get it. In being in the building yesterday, did you sense that there was an exhale when they killed off the five on three? Not, not, a, not a cheer, a raucous, yeah, they, they did it, but more relief that they did it. Because I did. I felt it was more uh, a weight off the shoulders uh, of the, the fans and, and the players because everybody was waiting off oh, five on three. And now this is the inevitable. It's, it's going to happen based on the week that they were having. And 
and the you kind of got the sense that maybe the players felt a little freer after that too, or confidence after that that they proved uh, that they they could get through a tough situation. Robin Leonard through a tough situation, and uh, because it was it was a different reaction to the to the five on three than some kills that we've seen in the past. Yeah, they needed a moment. And, and I think the fans needed a moment. The fans needed a moment for the penalty kill to shine. And, you know, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think that the reaction afterward was, okay, it feels like this is the Golden Knights penalty kill that we have come to expect, that we have come to rely upon in so many different situations because it has been a really good um, cornerstone of the Golden Knights team through their entire existence, and you want to make sure the penalty kill gets itself right as quickly as possible. I think that was kind of the moment where everyone said, okay, as much as it was a concern over the last couple of games, it's going to be okay. What won them the game yesterday? It was special teams. Yeah. Special teams won them the game yesterday. And special teams put them in a tough position on Wednesday. Special teams arguably lost in the game on, on Friday. But special teams, both the PK and the power play, won Vegas the game yesterday. Overall five-on-five five play, strong. It was five-on-five mm-hmm. five play was, was pretty good all four games of the homestand. But five-on-five five play yeah. was strong yesterday. But special teams made the difference. Take that, bottle it, unpack it in Boston tomorrow and see what you can get done. You don't want to mess around with that number one power play unit on the PK. That's for sure. But it's a good start is having some confidence in what you did yesterday. And the five-on-three kill for buck 17, and then and then they were short, like, for 447 over that span uh, between the, mm-hmm. the, the five-on-three and then going into the Zach Whitecloud uh, penalty that occurred right after. That, that was the most emotion I saw from Zach Whitecloud in a long time, too, uh, outside of screaming after, after he <laughs> scores. Like, just... <laughs> Could not believe that he got whistled for that call. But but that stretch uh, and not allowing a power play goal off of the five-on-three was just as big yeah. as as the, the two-man disadvantage itself. And the way they did it, like there was a couple of saves by Leonard. Yeah, there was. But they were pretty much intact to the, the solid penalty kill pressure, uh, mm-hmm. causing disruption. Uh, creating opportunities for themselves uh, a couple of times shorthanded. That was what we saw two weeks ago when they were on that crazy shorthanded goal run and and killing penalties with ease. Yeah, the Golden Knights were forcing the hand of the Minnesota Wild. And when their penalty kill is really, really operating, they are forcing plays and they're forcing the types of plays that, that the power play unit doesn't want to make. And when you are forcing things, it becomes uncomfortable, and the Golden Knights have the speed to turn it the other way. Uh, I also thought the Golden Knights, specifically Braden McNabb, on the five-on-three, monster shift. A couple of uh, really good plays with his stick, one that got the puck out of the zone, and then some big block shots too. Uh, Golden Knights' penalty kill was back to what we expect it to be in that game against the Minnesota Wild. And now it's just about following it up. As you mentioned, you, you got to bring it to Boston. You got to bring it to New Jersey and the, and the Rangers and the Islanders, because, you know, those are teams with a lot of talent. And if you aren't sharp on your special teams, they can make you pay. We are going to uh, reflect a little bit more on yesterday's performance by the Vegas Golden Knights and a couple of individual efforts. Pacioretty, 
rewriting the record book and Chandler Stevenson uh, playing a game with a heavy heart. Uh, you'll hear from uh, uh, some of the participants in that side of things. Our play of the day is coming up uh, as voted by the VGK Insider Guest Panel. And then in hour number two, one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League and some uh, developments uh, that you need to know about, especially as we work our way towards that big decision uh, regarding the Beijing Olympic Games. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Wait for it. Here we go. The mood is right. The spirit's up. Got that. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Simply Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Hour number one continues. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, and Chris Chapman. On the subject of Christmas, going to head over to Enchant tonight. You guys uh, check that out yet over at the Las Vegas ballpark? Have not yet. No. We'll be doing it, though, at some point. I yeah. cannot wait. I've seen the uh, promotion, the promos in the arena with Gary uh, mm-hmm. pumping everyone up to go. The little market area seems kind of cool. It yeah, looks really cool. Uh, honestly, it, it, because it's right beside the uh, City National Arena. And I'm I'm leaving there at night, and it's all lit. It's it looks amazing. I cannot wait to get over there. So uh, flying over. Uh, it's the 21 uh, nights of giving, and tonight is uh, all the proceeds going to the VGK Foundation from Enchant. And tomorrow we've got a uh, a food drive. Uh, Derek England will be uh, over at Desbury's uh, at uh, 8:30. So uh, 21 nights of giving continue, and the Golden Knights gave us uh, a nice solid home stand, three and one, on this version. Five and one before you put those together, you get eight and two. That's a dominant performance, and they do so while getting healthier and getting more confidence. And yesterday was there were some reasons yesterday that you could throw your hands up and say, We're just not getting the bounces off the Philadelphia game, and then this one uh, a goal with 0.6 seconds left. Tough to get uh, a later goal against. And that's sort of been the Golden Knights' MO is a score late in the period. And then Minnesota coming back and and scoring nine seconds into the second. That crumples some teams. And all Vegas did was get up and go. And and they led four times in that game and, and pulled out the win. That it was it was gutsy without be it was a fancy gutsy game in in a way. Because it did, um, they, you had to grind the, through it a little bit, but then they they just sure. scored so many beautiful goals. Yeah, it's interesting. Like the Golden Knights, I, I don't feel like they really changed much of their game. They they just kind of had that belief, right, that they were going to you stick with it, you, you keep playing the right way, and you're going to come through. You're going to find a way. And you know, I, I don't think the Golden Knights really chased much or or or, or anything in that game. Like. You, you you keep going ahead, you fall behind, you answer pretty quickly. Um, for me, it was one of those games where I think you could start to see that the Golden Knights, some of the stuff they went through earlier on in the year, coming back, big comebacks, not uh, scratching and clawing to stay in every single game, um, 
you know, I, I think it served them well. There was no panic. They just went about their business, and at the end of 60 minutes, they were the better team. They won their goalie a game yesterday. That's that's what happened. They yeah. managed to uh, outscore any mistakes uh, that happened in their own zone, and it was thrilling to watch. Uh, uh, only six Vegas Golden Knight players scored points. So that was one of the more bizarre totals uh, that I've seen when a team scores that many goals. Usually it's spread out and you get uh, double digits and, and sometimes uh, it's all over the lineup. That was that was a, a one-man band yesterday uh, between the players that contributed. Uh, and Zach Whitecloud got it started on a beautiful steal by Mark Stone, who doesn't get credit for the assist on the first goal, but mm-hmm. it got things mm-hmm. going. And Zach Whitecloud Lo and behold, halfway through the game, has a chance for a hat trick and was denied by Cam Talbot by the the skate blade and the toe of of Cam Talbot on that two on one. And uh, Zach was was asked about the the hat trick after the game and the potential of going for his first ever three goal game in the National Hockey League. Honestly, it didn't even go through my mind. I'm, I'm not even lying. Uh, Come I, on, really? What's that? Come on, really? <laughs> Come on, serious, man. I was just, I was just trying to score. And um, what was the game at that point? Three, three, four, four. I don't remember. Three, three. Three, three. So I mean, you know, you give the, you have a chance to help the team go up ahead, and you know, especially at that time in the game, uh, in the second period, where you know we pride ourselves on being a very good uh, and quick second period team. So um, no, again, I was just trying to help the team out, and you know, obviously didn't get it done, but. Um, I think it was a good opportunity. And that was coming off the, the penalty that he took in, in front of his end and where Vegas kind of gained some momentum and gained some stability out of the, uh, the five-on-three and then into the Zach uh, penalty. And he comes out, he goes on the two-on-one, and I love Stone's reaction. That was Mark Stone in the background uh, as well when uh, he said, I was thinking it uh, about about the, the hat trick. <laughs> I was think as as myself sitting up in my perch, I was yelling hat trick. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure it was going in. And he made a beautiful <laughs> move. And that yeah. would have been uh, just blown the roof off the place uh, uh, about it. But it, it, one, it says so much uh, about Zach. If, if, if everybody hasn't fallen in love with Zach already, um, then, mm-hmm. uh, then that might be the one that, that, that brings you over uh, to his side because him being able to say, and then wondering what the score was, knowing that it was tied, uh, and 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 being all in on just helping the team, I would say that he would be in the minority of people who wouldn't have been thinking about scoring a hat trick at that time. Yeah, and and it's funny. I was asked about this on uh, on Tyler's show this morning uh, whether or not I believed. Uh, exactly what what Zach Whitecloud was saying there, and I, I told him flat out, like, yeah, I do, because that's you you get around Zach for long enough, and you understand his main objective is team. That is that is absolutely what it is. If I have a chance to score to help the team, that's great. Oh, it's my third goal of the game. Well, that's cool. It's nice to see the hats come down. But I, I genuinely believe that in that moment, the only person in the building that wasn't thinking about the hat trick was Zach Whitecloud. Mm, yeah. And I'm still on the fence. It might have been 50-50 that, uh, or, or 51-49 <laughs> that he wasn't thinking about the hat trick, but it had to be part of him. Uh, and the, and the, the reason I'll give him some of the benefit of the doubt more than other is mm-hmm. because it's him. And, and yeah. the secondary reason is he just had taken a penalty that, that added on to the, to the gap in the, uh, in the, or the extents of uh, being a man short in that second period where things could have gone uh, the other way. And that, and he was probably, you know, the, like the whole 
shame. Uh, you hear how much he talks about team. He put the team uh, in a vulnerable position, and he was probably thinking, I can get myself out of that jam by scoring instead of just the hat trick. Chapman. Yeah. Uh, can we put penalty in air quotes, by the way? Because I still have a hard time seeing the penalty on the, on that particular uh, that play. But the funniest part of that clip might be Justin Emerson, who asked him the question, who still had the mic in his hand saying, come on, you come didn't on, know? Really? But yeah. we don't have the clip, but I thinking about it, I, I maybe should have pulled it, but Zach's mother was actually in attendance last night. Yeah, I didn't know that. And he, he mentioned it to us in the in the postgame that, that uh, she was there. So I think Zach's a good guy to root for, and it would have been I think it would have been super, super cool had he been able to get that hat trick, not only because it's Zach Whitecloud, but in front of his mom. I mean, if you're going to do it, you want to do it in front of your mom. I mean, that's something that he and she would never forget. Is there a celebration that is uh, over the top if Zach Whitecloud scores a hat trick at home in that situation with his mom in attendance? Is there anything he can no. do that is over the top? I'm talking like he skates down the ice and he slides on his belly uh, across the center ice logo. He does a yard sale like he's just won a, a world championship or a Stanley Cup by by throwing the stick and the, the gloves up. Is there anything that goes too far? I think outside of going full Are, Ned Braden at the end of Slapshot, yes, yes. I think that's probably the only way <laughs> that Zach could have gone over the top. Are, are you asking me as as the person that likes fun? Or are you asking like you know people that are mad at, at Trevor Zegers for doing what he did? D- d- like, the Trevor Zegers. I'm just. We'll get into that because it's. I, a, I don't like the way he does yeah, business. I don't please. like him. It's a small minority <laughs> that are getting uh, I, a, a little bit more I, play out of it. Uh, the Zegers thing, but I get it. So I get it. Where are you on the uh, on the white cloud thing? Yeah. No. Uh, go. Go wild seriously i don't care do whatever you want to do uh you're in that position you you get your first hat trick in the in the nhl your mom's in attendance like do whatever you want to do you want to throw your stick down and pretend like it's on fire you know the thing that ovechkin got yelled at for a, a few years ago that's totally within bounds for me zach whitecloud could have done anything i don't care doesn't matter yeah, my nothing's buddy, off limits there uh, my buddy was one of the ones that uh that gave ov heck for that mm-hmm. uh, uh yeah, well, the it might have been a good thing that White Cloud didn't put the puck in the net because uh, <laughs> it. I, I can't imagine w- how we'd feel today after Mark Stone tackled him and jumped on him. Or like, uh, can, can you imagine Stone's reaction <laughs> to that? If if actually put if he if he converts that and and again he didn't miss it. Talent made a great play. Mm-hmm. It, it was yeah. Uh, and 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 the the goals that Zach White Cloud's scoring right now, and he's on a he scored. Five and fifteen, so that's a twenty-seven goal pace mm-hmm. uh, over eighty-two games. He's he's not scoring goals that are going through nine sets of legs and winning the World Croquet Championship. No. He's he's going top shelf. No, I mean he's he's making the great reads and and putting himself in a position to be um, an outlet or or a weapon for his forwards. And you know he's such a smart hockey player. He jumps in at the right time. And, you know, he's he's putting the puck in the back of the net. He's had a phenomenal season so far. Um, and you're seeing him continue to grow and mature. And I don't think that it's, you know, too much of a stretch here that some of the best hockey's at Cloud's playing right now is opposite Braden McNabb, who's quietly having a phenomenal year for the Golden Knights. Uh, Gary Lawless mentioned something uh, on the pregame show yesterday because we were, we were discussing different areas where the Golden Knights – uh, can take advantage of teams and do take advantage of teams, and one is uh, that that all the defensemen are ushered into the into the rush, 
and they're all encouraged to go into the rush. And sometimes uh, it's a White Cloud or a McNabb will be talked about. Uh, well, you you play with Shea Theodore, so you're you're being the insurance if Shea Theodore rushes the puck or Petrangelo or whatever. White Cloud has steadfast every time he's been put in that position to answer that question has said we are all encouraged to jump into the rush, whether it's Petro, whether it's Martinez, or, or whether it's Shea Theodore, or whether it's myself. And I paraphrase there a little bit. But uh, and, and it's it's bearing fruit right now. And that release, I didn't, again, I admit I didn't see that a couple of years ago, that side of his game. But could he be a defenseman that scores 10 to 15 goals in a season? Well, he is right now. Yeah, with this coaching yeah, staff, he's right there, and and with this system, he is right now. And you're a third into the way in the season. You can get there. He can get to to double digits in in scoring. May not happen every year, but he can get there. We'll get to the Chandler Stevenson side of it uh, in just a little bit. But we'll take a break and come back with a play of the day, and then hour two of the VGK Insider Show ratings for the Flyers game and the victory of the Minnesota Wild and one-timers will also deal with the fallout from the Zegras play, which is another great uh, story from the National Hockey League in how we describe things. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. All right, let's get to it. Two games last night uh, for this weekend for the National Hockey League's Vegas School of the Knights. And the play of the day comes from the Sunday encounter against the Minnesota Wild. Still wrestling in the neutral zone between Hartman and Hay. Vegas ahead. Behind the D, a chance. Score! Pacioretty! Vegas takes the lead, and now a fight breaks out. Haig and Hartman throwing blows as the go horn sounds. Knights on top, 4-3. to Pacioretty on a breakaway. Haig and Hartman uh, behind the scenes. I'm supposed to talk to Ryan Hartman on Wednesday uh, for the chirp, so that'll be fun. Yeah, as, ask him about uh, his, uh, we, uh, his cheap shot on stone <laughs> last night. As we get the, get oh, acquainted uh, with, with Ryan Hartman. But uh, it's Max Pacioretty. That is the play of the day as he scores for the sixth game in a row, ties his individual high for longest goal streak and establishes a new mark for the Vegas Golden Knights as right now, Max Pacioretty has 10 goals in 10 games, Ryan. Yeah, he's he's on an absolute tear right now. Uh, Max Pacioretty is. It it almost seems inevitable that uh, he's going to score every single game because that's just what he's done all year long. Uh, played with an edge last night, too. He really just absolutely steamrolled Matt Dumba. Um, to me, when Pacioretty's got that bite to his game, that's when he's absolutely on at his best, and he's been at his best more often than not, all year long for the Golden Knights. Converted on another breakaway. Seems to be getting more of those opportunities. That's the play of the day as voted by the VGK Insider Show guest panel today. Uh, VGK fans, uh, listen up for your chance to win the Insider's Ultimate Hockey Tailgate hookup brought to you by Porta Subs. Keep on listening to be caller number nine 
to get hooked up with a two-foot sub from Porta Subs that will instantly get you in to win the grand prize, the Insider's Ultimate Hockey Tailgate Prize Pack, including a charcoal grill, pop-up canopy, two camping chairs, a cooler, and a Bluetooth speaker, not to mention a six-foot sub provided by Porta Subs. Be caller number nine right now to 702-876-1340. As we continue, our number two of the VGK Insider Show is up next.